What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode one of the StatStack podcast. I got Graham Stinson here. My name's Joe Ketters. Um, today's episode, we're going to be looking at the past weekend in D1 baseball, just kind of going over the weekend, everything we saw happen, and kind of just talking about it. So, Graham, I mean, as a D1 baseball guy, how much weight do you put on these uh, opening series and, like, bigger teams being upset? Honestly, it depends on the team. Um, there's some teams that really do well on the on the home stretch and and do a ton mid season to put the team together. Uh, and then there's some teams that is it's more of an indicator of how they're going to do that for that entire season. Um, and you know, I went to Duke, but and and I talk about Duke a lot. I get that. But Duke, in my opinion, has been so good in the last few years at being great down the stretch. Uh, and they lost on Friday night against VMI. But you know what? Like, they played great ball. It was just like VMI was really good. And they ended up taking the series. But if you were to watch Friday night, you'd be like, oh, dang, like this Duke team, not as good as everybody says it is. I mean, if you look at the last couple of years, uh, I mean, last year, was I think they were a game under 500 with 12 games left, and they went like 12 and one in that stretch. But it's like very indicative of that team as a whole. Um, I but I think there are teams out there that you watch their first weekend and, and you're gonna know if that's gonna be a good club that year. Yeah, I mean, I think it says less too about kind of these higher ranked teams and more about the teams that beat them and kind of what happened. So like this weekend we saw OK State taking the series against Vandy. We saw uh, national champ Mississippi State losing two games to Long Branch or Long Beach. Um, Arkansas just losing one game. But I think the biggest shock was Bryant sweeping ECU. Um, kind of says a lot about Bryant that they should kind of be in the top 25, that they're a legit team in the NEC this year and in all of baseball. And, and Bryant, to be fair, is totally known as one of those really gritty blue-collar programs um, that probably doesn't garner the same amount of respect that ECU does on the national stage. But they proved last weekend that they're a really tough group of guys and, and they're willing to go uh, you know, face-to-face -face with one of the best programs in the country and, and not be afraid whatsoever. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a big confidence boost for them moving forward. Um, let's see what else we had this weekend. Southeast Missouri beating Dallas Baptist in the series. Um, I feel like this opening weekend we had a ton of runs. So Oregon State put up 21. Charleston put up 20. Virginia Tech put up 17. Wake Forest, I mean, they call it Wake Forest for a reason, putting up 25. Like, I, I feel like in this opening weekend it's been all hitters. Which is crazy because I feel like normally at the beginning of the season, the pitchers have a bigger advantage having, especially for the teams from up north, um, for the teams from up north coming down south. Uh, it, it always seems like the hitters are a, a, like a month ahead of uh, where the hitters are. Uh, the pitchers, everybody's throwing inside over the winter. Uh, the guys – have seen in the South, at least the guys have seen the same arms through fall ball and preseason. And so they're, they've become familiar outside of a couple games in the fall. They've become familiar with the same, you know, eight, 15 arms 
over and over. And it's really surprising to see teams just come out opening weekend weekend and, and tag 10 plus runs on a guy, uh, let alone like two or three games out of a series. For sure. I mean, how much do you think like these up north teams coming down south affects them both positively and negatively? Like, for example, you saw Iona. I mean, they kind of got waxed this weekend and like an up north New York cold team coming down to the south play. And I mean, it might be a morale killer, but then you go back up north where it's cold again and things just get kind of tough. And it's like you're playing kind of better, way better teams than you're going to see all year in a whole different climate. Like how much do you think that changes these guys? You know, as far as like morale, I think morale is a little bit different than say a coach knowing going into like creating a schedule for the year that RPI is really valuable for mid-major programs and teams that don't get exposed as much to the SEC and the ACC, the Pac-12, uh, the Big 12, the teams that are, are really going to boost your RPI if you can get wins. Um, and so with these guys coming down south, you're going to have that morale boost of, hey, we've been inside. We've been freezing our tails off for the last, you know, three, four months. Um, you know, thinking St. John's, Iona, Fordham. Uh, and then you get into like the Big Ten. You got Michigan State, Michigan. Minnesota, like all these guys are just completely frozen all winter long. And, you know, their first series maybe uh, in 2019, I pitched against Penn State in probably, I think it was the third week of the season. And it really seemed like those guys were so stoked to be playing in, in warm weather down at IMG. And so it's a huge morale boost for them to be able to get out of the cold white north, uh, get down south, play some good ball. You know, maybe they win, maybe they lose, but they get to, you know, play baseball the way it's supposed to be played and in good weather. Uh, and so of course those teams are going to take the risk of going down South playing guys who have been playing outside for the last three, four months who might be a little bit more prepared for the chance to get those big RPI wins against, you know, power five teams. For sure. Makes sense. Um, so let's look at some of the biggest moments from this weekend. Uh, first one I got, we got Southern Jacksonville hitting a walk-off home run and the guy taking his sweet time going down first baseline with the umpire kind of, you know, kind of motherfucking him a little bit, kind of telling him to go. When, and then he waves to the opponent's bench. Um, first of all, total ump show, in my opinion. As a pitcher, I think I might know your answer, but what do you got on um, – Bat flips. You know, bat flips are – I want the game to be really fun and to be electric for the fans. I mean, at the end of the day, we're entertainers, man. Like, people pay money to come watch us play a game. And it's got to be fun. It's got to have an electric environment to it if you want the fans to be that engaged. So I'm – as a pitcher, like, does it frustrate me when I give up a 450-foot home run? Yeah, it does. Uh, but a lot of the times, you know, if you know you have good stuff, all you can do really is tip your cap. Um, and, you know, that guy got a good swing, and that's all you can do. At the same time, you've got guys who are, you know, starting to push the envelope on on the, you know, creating a show of, you know, a big hit, a big, big out, a big punch out on the mound. Um, and I, I know that 
it's it is really good for the game to have guys really excited out there. Um, but I do think that there is like a point where, it, given the situation, a little bit unprofessional. Um, I'm not totally familiar with this situation, what was going on, what the situation was. Um, I but I was talking to Jack Carey, who's in the Pirates org, uh, about the sign stealing that exists right now and the ways that we're going out against it. And I'm sitting there like, all right, so in professional baseball, you start tipping signs and somebody's going to get hit between the shoulder blades, you know, off the back, off of shoulder, off an elbow. Somebody's going to get, you know, answer for a guy stealing signs, passing them to the, to the hitter in college baseball. And, and we play 144 games in the minor league season, big leagues play 162. And, in college, you play 55 regular season games. So in in essence, each game in college is worth three times as much as a professional game. And so you can't afford to start policing the game the same way that you do at the, at the professional level uh, at college. And so it is tough to have kind of that reciprocation. Um, and it, and it kind of takes away the other team having a chance to, you know, honestly get a fair shot like if you think somebody showed you up or somebody's cheating in pro ball you can kind of let one slip um but in college that's that's not cool because if your team loses because you were you know your ego was inflated and you were pissed off because some guy did a bat flip off of you then that could end up with your team losing a game you could miss uh you know the field of 64 come come end of may in june based off of you know minuscule amounts one ground ball one base runner here and there and that's your that's your whole season whether you play in the in the postseason or not um so it's tough it's a it's a tough you know balancing act between uh making the game really fun and making it really entertaining and showing guys up yeah and i mean we'll get to the sign steal in a little bit but i think there's there's a line when it comes to bat flipping and showing people up like i mean as just kind of a bum who just watches baseball and enjoys it. I love a good bat flip and I love a guy walking down the line. Totally fine. If you don't like guys do that, just don't let up home runs as hard as that is. But I mean, waving to the bench might be a little much on an opening day series, opening game of the year. Um, Once you start getting kind of the other team involved, it gets a little iffy, but I mean, if, you're hitting a bomb, walk it off, like throw the bat to the moon. Yeah. As long as it's not a wall scraper. Everybody, everybody's going to be hooping, hooting and hollering for a walk-off. Exactly. You know, if we're sitting in the bottom of the second in a, uh, you know, four nothing, three nothing ball game and you hit a solo homer, uh, it's a little bit of a different story. Exactly. And speaking of uh, hooting and hollering, don't know if you saw it, but UCF pitcher um, went a little viral on Twitter let up a run in the first inning, ends up getting out of a little bit of a jam, striking out the last batter, and yells over some things to the other dugout. I mean, what do you got on, like, kind of yelling at guys and kind of just having some feel? I mean, I thought you can't let up a run and then yell at the other bench. like. Oh, no. That, like, you, you can't – like you said, like, you can't give up runs and then, you know, start jawing at, other, at the other team, like. I I do find it hilarious. Um, I I mean I've had my fair share of words from the mound to a, an opposing team's dugout. 
uh and, and i've gotten chewed out for that before and you know in every situation that i find myself running my mouth it's because uh i'm either really really into it and i'm just competing my tail off and there's nobody that's going to get in my in the way of me doing my job that day and for some reason maybe i feel like somebody said something to me even though maybe they didn't i'm on the mound i'm like 70 feet from the next person the very least 60 from the catcher and the hitter um you don't really always get a clear you know representation of what's actually going on around you even though you can hear everything in the stadium sometimes um so you, you do have to read to see if the situation to have some feel. Um, it'll probably end up being a learning moment for our guy over at, you said UCF? Yeah. That'll probably be a learning moment. Uh, probably won't happen again. But, you know, these guys are young. It happens. You got to learn. It all, it all it shows to me is the kid's really passionate and he really cares about what he's doing. Um, and he's probably super frustrated that he gave up a run. Um you know, the stuff I say to myself or in my head is not printable or allowed to be on the internet or television. And that's just kind of how the game goes. Guys are extremely competitive and you want that. You want guys towing the line of acceptable, unacceptable, because it means they're passionate, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I can totally see that. You want dogs uh, out there, man. As James Winston, Winston said, no puppies. Always. All right. Um, probably – Biggest name in college baseball this weekend, Tommy White, freshman, NC State, opening weekend, five home runs, and went three for five today too against High Point. Um, I, it's it's absurd. That stat line is crazy. He's a freshman, um, starting off your college career like that. I mean, the opponent might not have been the best, but it's it's still college baseball. It's still a hard thing to do over two weeks, let alone three days dude like sometimes you can't even put five out in a bp session you watch the guys hit bp find me one guy who hits like out of five swings he hits or let's even widen it 15 swings find me the guy who hits five out in college yeah and to do that against live oh. arms is crazy yeah that's nuts i so. i hope that this kid continues to kind of wow everybody because that's exciting it's awesome that brings attention to college baseball it's a it's kind of a growing uh not growing sport but like growing category college thing is grown. yeah it's awesome um everybody's talking about it espn's got more games uh being viewed this year than any other year i think it's is it Jared Carabas that's been talking all about it on Twitter too? Like he's trying to yep. boost it up, trying to tell people like, guys, we got to watch college baseball. This stuff is exciting. These guys really care. Um, and guys coming out and hitting five jimmies in one weekend is unreal. And it's so good for the game. And as a pitcher, I would hate that, but it's good for the game and it's great for viewership. Uh, and it makes everything more exciting. For sure. The only thing that sucks is now he's got this, reputation kind of high expectations of like anytime he gets up to plate it's going to be is this kid going to hit another home run and i mean obviously he's going to cool down eventually and just hopefully people understand like how hard it is and that he's not a bum if he goes to weekend series without a home run like he's still absurdly good i you know it 
I liken a lot of things to to pitching, and you know sometimes you hit a roll on the mound, and you know you just can't give up hits, and you're just punching out two out of every three. Nobody's squaring you up, and then you know you go a month like that, and your ERA is great, and everybody loves you, and then you know you have one weekend where you can't punch anybody out. Maybe you're getting some line drives. Maybe you don't even give up any runs. It's just like you don't punch anybody out, and it's like. Oh my gosh, like what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my stuff? Am I getting worse? Like what's going on? It's just like, no, that's that's baseball. Like it's really hard to be consistent over the course of an entire season. That's why guys get paid uh, you know, 30 million dollars in the big leagues to be the most consistent guys out there. For sure. And then the last thing we got for this section, um, like you mentioned, the sign stealing, Vanderbilt came out with these new watches that all their players are wearing, kind of getting the signal in from the coach. All the players know what pitch and what location it's going to be thrown at. Um, I guess first thing is, do you like it? Because I know Duke, you guys wear the armbands. Um, I'm personally not a fan of the QB armbands. I think they look a little ridiculous, and I think there's better ways to relay signs without getting them stolen. But, I mean, this is something – pretty new so what do you got on um, that? so the funny part for me is that it's being talked about and put into place as a mode of speeding the game up increasing the or like making the pace of play better and i think that's just a total lie they're only there because synergy exists which is the video and and pitch database the hit database that Every, pretty much every college baseball program has that logs all the video um, and the pitches and everybody can go in there and pretty much watch as much video as they want, watch signs and learn everybody's sign sets. And so you're having guys relay, relay signs from second base. Um, it's happened to me. It happened to me in college happened to a ton of my teammates in college. I mean, everybody was doing it. It's part of the game in college. And the big difference between that and professional, like we were talking earlier, is if you do that in professional baseball, somebody on you know your team is going to get hit if, if the pitcher finds out or if the catcher finds out. Somebody's wearing one in the back. Um, and nobody wants to do it because a lot of guys throw 95-plus now. And guys would rather not wear 95 between the shoulder blades. It's just not cool. Like you don't want to do that, nor do you want to do it for another teammate, um, especially for something stupid like stealing signs. Um, but in college baseball, the games are worth more, like we said earlier, and that's not really an option. You can't just go up and, you know, first time you see somebody relaying signs, the home plate is plunk the guy because that run matters. And the hitters, every single hitter matters a lot in college baseball. And and honestly, if nobody was stealing signs, then the pace of play would be good because we wouldn't have to be doing 15 signs with the guys at second base. Um, and the second part of this is, as well, guys calling their own game. And I've got – there's kind of mixed ideas. You've got You've got positives and negatives. The negative obviously being that catchers aren't going to learn how to call their own game. Pitchers aren't going to learn how to call their own game. 
So when they get to professional baseball, it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of development that still has to go on. And I, I really understand that side of the situation, but I also understand the side of the situation from the coach's perspective where these coaches are getting paid a lot of money, you know, upwards of half a million, a few million bucks at the top of the food chain. Um, and they're relying on 18 to 22, 23 year old kids to make a living um, and to keep their job. And so they're, you know, it, it makes sense that they're going to do everything possible to make sure that those uh, pitches being called are the most optimal uh, options that are available. So the best sequences, you know, what have I thrown other guys? Those The coaches have more time to do scattering reports. The, the players are in class all day. Coaches are the ones doing the scattering reports. They're the ones collecting all this information. And then they're the ones calling the pitches. So it's not as important for all that information to get shared because there's not as much time. Um, it's not like pro where you can walk in and, you know, you've got a ton of video and data on guys. You can spend all, all morning on it. You know, you've got, you just have to be at the clubhouse at two o'clock games at seven. There's plenty of time in the clubhouse to be reviewing stuff with people. There's no hours limits, uh, compared to college baseball. So there's a lot more time for me to be doing my own research in professional baseball and know the hitters, uh, versus a coach spending that being his job and him his job depending on uh how well he calls a game yeah and i mean something like shaking guys off was something that i saw where these guys are just getting pitches locations and that's that and they're never going to say anything and i mean even if a coach is still calling a game i feel like kind of shaking off and messing with timing and rhythm especially with guys on first base like the coach says to pick off and kid's not even taking a big enough lead and now you throw one into the stands because you weren't originally going to pick off or maybe catcher calls a pitch you shake him off and that's the pitch you want you go back to it like you still know what you're going to throw but now it's just every time pitcher gets on the mound he's ready he knows what he wants and i mean like you said these catchers won't be able to learn but i also get like you said these coaches are coaching for their job um i forget where i heard it but another thing Another thing I heard was um, now with if more schools go to this, it becomes these schools are going to hire these quote-unquote nerds who can learn how to hack into kind of, I don't know how to explain it, like hack into however they're transmitting these signs and kind of figure out, like intercept these signs essentially. And I mean, if it's over Wi-Fi or over the whatever, like it's free game. So it becomes like a technology war of like who's got the better nerds on their side who can do the crazier things. And I feel like that's not even baseball at that point. All in place of my catcher putting down a one, a two, a three, or four fingers and wiggling them. Yep. Just be better. Hey, guys, I think that they have our signs at second base. You want to go to outs plus two instead of second sign? Yeah, it can literally change every batter. Like, Just go and talk to the guy. Exactly. It's not going to – I mean, maybe it's not any faster than what we already have, but this stuff takes forever. Like you get the ball, you're waiting on the coach to figure out whatever the heck he wants to throw – 
and then you're waiting for those numbers to get punched in and then you see it and then you got to step on the rubber and then you kind of just you know look at the catcher like like you're actually taking a sign um and then you just pretend to take a sign and then you slowly come up and then now you're pitching and the people who get their signs stolen too are the ones who don't change it like you can change it every out you can change it every half inning like there's ways to go about it where they don't get stolen and when you keep doing the same thing yeah that's when they pick up on it like maybe switch it up a little yeah i mean but you've also got guys that are looking for you know, a, a permanent spot on a roster that aren't going to play and they know they're not going to play all weekend. And so they sit in the dugout with a clipboard, <laughs> just yep. counting numbers, just trying to guess as much as possible what the heck the sign set is <laughs> with the guy at second base. It's nuts. The nerds are taking over. We are the nerds. It's funny because <laughs> Branch Rickey was considered the biggest nerd in baseball when uh, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier and Branch Rickey was like one of the first people to like really start having advanced stats, uh, advanced metrics. And, um, Oh, what's his name? Um, his book's called the, the MVP machine, Ben Lindbergh. Uh, yeah. I talked with him a little bit on his podcast, uh, I believe it was through Fangraphs, but I'm not positive. I talked with him about that. I was on his podcast last season, but in his book, The MVP Machine, great book. Everybody should read it. Uh, you know, he talks about Branch Rickey and how that whole, pretty much how all of the nerds in baseball got to be, put us in the current situation that we're in, which is all the analytics that we're doing, the advanced sabermetrics. Uh, run values, war, player, all, any way to quantify how a player's going to uh, perform in the future compared to what he's done in the past. Crazy times. All right. On our last part, we're going to go over. Crazy. We're going to go over three series this weekend that we find interesting. We're going to get predictions and we're going to keep a running total. See who's better. Uh, All right. So, first one, Duke versus Baylor. Had to hit home with Duke to start it off. Who's taking the series? So, the Baylor Bears started off 0-3. Do we know how they, they're doing tonight? Baylor is currently up 4 nothing in the top of the six to Houston Baptist. They're up 4 nothing. Yes. All right. So... Say they win that game, they're one and three. I think that Duke's going to take this series. I can't tell you that they're going to sweep, but I think they're going to take two out of three. It's at it's in Waco, so I do want to respect that and not not say that it's going to be a sweep. But I do think that Duke's going to take the series. Uh, I'm going to have to agree on this. Um... With yeah, a plus think... 10 run differential. All right, I don't know about all that. Um, after getting swept to Maryland, I mean, it looks like they might close out Houston Baptist. Hopefully they do get back on track. But, I mean, I'm just going to go with a hot hand here. Duke 3-1. and one. 
Baylor one and three. Um, I just don't see him taking two out of three right now. If this was the middle of the season, it'd be a little different, but I think Duke pulls it out as well. All right, number two. That's a we, good got, we got number one, Texas versus Alabama. I, I'm going to have to say Texas takes this series. I mean, they just look like a complete team that can do it all right now. Um, Alabama's schedule a little weak. Jacksonville State only won by three. Swept Xavier, and they play Alabama State tomorrow. And, I mean, Texas absolutely manhandled Rice. Um Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, they're playing today and tomorrow, and I just think they just keep it rolling. They got it all figured out right now. I'm going to say that they sweep Alabama. Sweep is a bold take, Joe. That's what we're here for. You know how hard it is to sweep somebody in college baseball? Yeah. Do you know how good Texas is? You never know, man. I I don't. I would never, ever put my life on somebody sweeping in college baseball, ever. That That's because you understand the ins and outs of what it's like to play competitive baseball. I just know how hard it is to win three in a row against a really good opponent, even if you're really good. Taking two out of three is hard enough. I do think the, the Hook'em Horns is are going to take two out of three. I would never bet against Matthew McConaughey. But I don't think that they're going to sweep. All right. And are the boys in Austin or are they in Tuscaloosa? They are in Austin. Oh, man. That is tempting to say that they're going to sweep, but I don't think they will. And next series, final series, we got ECU versus North Carolina. I think the ECU is going to come out this weekend with a vengeance. Coach Godwin is a great coach. He was our uh, third base coach when I was with the collegiate national team. Great guy, absolute competitor. And, you know, those guys whooped my ass multiple times when I was in college. They made me look bad. Um, And they always are a tough game regardless of who's ranked where, whether we have a top 25 program or if they do, it is always a great game. Those guys are always fighting. Um, It's one of the most gritty programs I've ever played against. And I just don't think that they're going to lose two big series in a row, especially after getting swept. I agree. I think East Carolina figures it out. Um, Obviously, any series win in college – Baseball is a good series win, especially a sweep. But, I mean, Seton Hall outscored him 25 to – no, 35 to 3 in two games. I mean, not much of a test for them. Um, they're in – they're at UNC the first two games, and then they're at East Carolina for the third game. So, I think ECU steals a game on the road, loses one, and then comes back home, finishes it off and take some momentum into the next week and gets it figured out. 
before they play Duke. I think that's a great take. Playing it in Greenville is is tough. That place they always show out. They always have a great crowd. They're always electric. Those people love baseball. Um, so I think anybody going in there is going to have a tough time winning. And I think that they got swept at their own place this weekend, and I just don't see them losing that many games in Greenville for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I mean, I almost put the same amount of weight as two one-run games against a Bryan team versus absolutely shellacking a Seton Hall team. Um, no disrespect to any team, obviously. I just – like, if ECU lost – if it was the other way around, then – I would say North Carolina smokes them, but I mean, they lost a series to a good team. North Carolina beat a team they should beat, and I think they just they figure it all out. Yeah, that'll be a good one to watch for sure. All right, thank you everyone for joining us. I'm Joe Ketters. This is Graham Stinson. Thank you for listening to episode one of the Stat Stack podcast. Check back next week for our next episode.